and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. This episode is called, Has Selling by the Telephone Been Killed Off by the Internet and Social Media? Great title, we thought. Hopefully that'll be of interest to you. And the reason we are looking at selling by the telephone is to welcome our new sales chat show member, Mr. Anthony Steers, a.k.a. the Telephone Assassin, who has now joined Mr. Graham Jones and myself, Simon Hazeldean, as the new third person in the sales chat show, as our dear friend Mr. Phil Jessen is taking his very much deserved retirement from all things sales and business. Anthony, welcome officially to your first sales chat show episode why don't you just let the listeners know who you are what you do and all of that sort of good stuff fantastic well it's lovely to be here Uh, i am known as the telephone assassin but i do like to reassure people it is not as aggressive as it sounds uh (laughs) technically uh, i get classed as a a sales expert or uh, communication strategist i suppose is kind of what i help people to do Um, but i'm more about trying to help people to buy rather than trying to teach them how to sell Uh, So I try and put manners back into sales. I've written a book quite a few years ago now titled The Telephone Assassin, um, and I deliver quite a few keynotes uh, and training as well to help accelerate the the learning process. Um, So it's it's quite good fun, but it's not all cold calling. A lot of it is dealing with account managers, customer service teams, um, even accounts departments and receptionists as well. Um, Everybody needs to use the phone. And uh, as I like to say, sending an email gets it off your desk. It usually doesn't complete the task, which is why a telephone call is so much more valuable. Well, that's an interesting start because let me start off by welcoming you by playing devil's advocate. So I can imagine- Here we go. (laughs) I can imagine people listening to this who maybe are of a younger generation, let's say Gen Zs, et cetera, who would much prefer to WhatsApp, maybe. I mean, that's an awful generalization, okay, but you know, based on the behavior of my son and and, mm-hmm. and his and his behavior, the telephone for voice is used less. People use smartphones for all sorts of other reasons. But in your from a sales point of view, has selling by the telephone been been killed off or become less effective because of that? And I guess sort of two two questions in one for you. When I'm talking to salespeople about this, the last thing they want to do is be associated with the bad end of telemarketers, right? The people who phone you at home and annoy people, and they, you nobody feel. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that person, and that's associated with the telephone. So, 
what's your what's your view because you you use the phone all the okay. time right uh so there are some distinctions like you say telemarketing is usually seen as the kind of entry level into sales it's where you usually get if you go and work for a big corporate in a sales department you get you go in as a telemarketer and your your job is to set up appointments and once you get good at setting up appointments and filling somebody else's diary you then get to attend some of those appointments and if you're really good you get to start doing those appointments yourself and you get promoted and then if you're really good you make it to a team leader and if you're great you make it up to a manager so telemarketing is seen as a very entry level telemarketing is a method of communicating not a job role in my mind so i just try not to think of it as being a lowest form of sales and what most people link with telemarketing or telephone selling is the phrase of cold calling now cold calling used to be phoning somebody from a yellow pages or a directory with no more information than their phone number and maybe the company name in the hope that you were going to generate some kind of conversation, uh, start cultivating relationships. And usually they gave you a script and told you if you said it enough times, eventually somebody would say yes. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the model. I think these people are, are res respond yeah, so are responding to. That is very... I just need to know, for somebody of my generation, of course, being one of the younger people here, I need to know what a Yellow Pages is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Google, but you could stand on it to reach high shelves. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be where you'd go to find, uh, find people. But basically, that is quite an old-fashioned and archaic way of looking at sales. And there's two elements to it. Firstly is that phrase of, each no is one step closer to your next yes. Okay, now this is designed to make salespeople slightly more thick skinned. We don't want you to go and cry in the corner if somebody hangs up on you. Um, but really, uh, it was it was just to make you a bit bit braver and a bit more hardened to it. Okay, my personal opinion is if you get two no's on the trot, you're probably either phoning the wrong people i.e. they don't need your services and that's why you're getting those, or you're taking the wrong approach. You're coming across like the analogy I often give is, is a bit like when Domino's come and we all get takeaway menus put through our door on almost a weekly basis. I know they want us to use the app, but none of us have ever had them knock on our door when they're dropping off the menu and, and had that, hi there, Domino's, can I take your order? Because that would just be rude. All right. It's quite invasive, to particularly to do it at somebody's home. Now, don't get me wrong. Do it on a Friday and Saturday night at houses blaring music, probably pre-COVID. You might sell some pizzas. All right. Yeah. But 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, people are going to find it rude. And once you can get people to start realizing that lead generation is about cultivating relationships, it's not about selling on the phone. It's very rare nowadays, I think to phone somebody up and talk them into buying something. And despite the fact the Wolf of Wall Street tried to glamorize the fact that you can lie down the phone and con people into buying shares, I think there was a reason he went to jail. So I remember getting phone calls after the movie came out. They went, you're the telephone assassin. I want to be a telephone terrorist. And I'd go, have you just watched The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> go, yes. And they'd start doing that. Oh. And I'd go, do you sell Do you sell share? Do you sell like stocks and shares? And they go, no, 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 I do this. And I go, well, it's not going to work. Because he sold something that he basically had to sell it on that first call and lie about it. Because by the time the transaction had gone through and then they realized something was wrong, they'd, the transaction had gone through, he'd moved on to the next one. 
Again, no. there was a reason why he went to prison. Um, so, Spoiler alert for anybody who's not oh, watched yes. the movie, <laughs> by the way. Apologies. Yeah. He, he has come back out and he fills stadiums and he has his... Yeah. He yeah. has his straight line selling technique, and I've 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 coached lots of people who've been on that training and didn't find it quite as straightforward as it might seem. So I sort of went off on a bit of a tangent, but the, the whole each no being one step close to your next yes, I think, is a bit <laughs> taken out of context. It's designed to make you thick skin. Yeah, it should make you patient rather than resilient. Okay. I was going to say, Anton, I really, you're, you're just your pizza men, menu. We, we've spoken about this before, right? Which is, which is interesting for me because it's about when the customer is ready to buy in their buying process, you are on their radar and you have established the relationship yeah. so that when they are quote unquote hungry for a pizza, you are the person that they, that they think about. That's a, that's a, that also says there's a bit of a, patience or timing aspect to this to absolutely absolutely um so the the analogy i always give is that it should when you're prospecting it should feel like you're dropping off a pizza menu so the way you put that into the actual context of selling something if i introduce myself I, and for example i knew you had a team that i could train simon once I'd got my permission to speak, which we'll probably come to later, I'd introduce myself. I'd say, my name's Anthony Steers. I'm known as the telephone assassin. Don't worry. It's not as aggressive as it sounds. I help people and stop them from hiding behind their emails and give them conversational confidence. But I'm guessing you're probably not looking for training right now. So I now lead with the most common objection when prospecting, which is bad timing. Because if I lead with the objection and I put it on the table, I can make it safe to talk about. So what most people will tend to do is they'll confirm that I'm correct and then they'll justify it so they'll go yes you're right Anthony we're not looking at training right now because we have a program that runs until the end of the year or we don't have any budget until this point so they'll start to tell me not only do they have a potential future need but they'll start to indicate when they're going to be hungry for my services and occasionally when you do this for long enough one in a thousand you'll say I'm guessing you're not looking for training right now and they'll go funnily enough I've got an event coming up and I am and you get lucky and it happens yeah. one in a thousand ish OK, but the rest of the time you end up having and, and the pizza menu drop off is to say, hey, Simon, this is what I do. But I'm guessing you're not looking for this at the moment. And you confirm, well, I'm not at the moment, but I might be. And then I say, I just want to give you a reason to remember me. So I just wanted to send a couple of mini case studies of clients in your industry that I've worked with. That way you can see what they say about me. And if you decide it's worth having a coffee or you'd like a free test drive, I'd love to have a proper chat. And I plant the seed of a test drive in this initial call because four out of five people will go, OK, yeah, you're right. I'm not looking right now, but I'm interested with in what my competitors are saying about you. I'll have a look. And so do you you integrate this process with a CRM, do you, to help you to, to, to do follow up? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if your initial call, usually I, I tend, tend to describe it as an awareness call. OK, yeah. technically, it's a public service announcement because you are depriving your clients by not letting them know that you're there. So you should be reaching out. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If Well, if you don't tell them that you're there, then you can't blame them for not using you. Yeah. Okay? Um, but basically, you need people to like you before they're going to listen to you. And if you uh, so if you get them to like you, you, you build rapport using some good manners um, and patience. Basically, don't come across like a blunt uh a desperate salesperson okay then you want them to respect you so this is where you use your case studies let your clients speak for you i refer to that as establishing your credibility but some people call it perfecting their pitch um and then once you've established your credibility you earn the right 
to um, offer them some kind that you earn the right to make a recommendation where you can turn around to them and say, well, now you know that I'm really good in your industry. Why don't I offer you a little test drive so you can experience what I'm like to work with? And that will vary depending on what it is you do. And usually there's a, a sequence of test drives. But if I meet somebody in a coffee queue at an event and they think, oh, I might be looking for a speaker, then I'm probably going to give them a copy of my book rather than just my business card. Okay, and I'm going to do a follow up and I'm going to try and find out what was their favorite chapter in that book within two or three weeks. I'd probably get an indication of when they think they're expecting to have read it by. Um, but I'd then tee up my follow up to say, well, look, what chapters did you like? Would you like me to run a mini session or would you like me to plan a session that's all around that chapter and how I could deliver that for you? So that might then be my second test drive. Um, and for me, because I do a lot of training as well, I, I might say to them, well, why don't we do a 45 minute Zoom call? I'll give them a quick structure that they can follow and I'll troubleshoot their their most common objections. Uh, I, I would say, would that be useful? And I've never had anybody go, no, that's yeah. not useful. And then the catch is that I then turn around to them and say, well, just so that you know, because it's going to go into my diary, it will automatically raise an invoice. So the invoice will come over for, for £450 for the 45-minute call. But I'm going to put a caveat on it that says, as long as you give me written feedback within 14 days of it taking place of what happened as a result of implementing my advice, you don't have to pay that invoice. And that way, although it's a test drive, there is a catch. It's not free. OK, it's a value swap and it stops people coming back every year and saying, Anthony, you know, them three people you did a test drive for last year. Yeah, they've all quit. I've got three new ones. Would you do another one? OK, uh, and it sets it sets a bit of a, a boundary of what you're going to charge. But, yeah, I, I, I quite think get them to like you, get them to trust you. Then you can create urgency by offering them an easy next step. Because I, th I think the real thing that distinguishes here is 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 the phone up and trying to get that lucky break of somebody who's ready to phone right now which a lot of the direct sales industries will be just just yeah. doing trying to catch someone whereas yours is connect build relationship and move the person through a process or i guess jettison someone if if they're saying <clears throat> i'm definitely not suited and you you realize you're not suited you you won't yeah. bother that person again right because yeah. there's no as a lead generator, you should be qualifying people into your pipeline who are going to have a future need. Then yeah. you just stay on their radar. And many salespeople won't like me saying this, but by keeping in touch with your pipeline, deals fall in your lap. And many of them will close all by themselves when the timing is right. If you've maintained a relationship and you've yeah. constantly trickled through recent case studies and testimonials that vouch for how good you are. Um it, it, particularly in insurance and stuff i've done lots of stuff with insurance companies and all they really want to know is well when's your renewal date because there's no point giving you a test drive and giving you a quote if you've yeah. only just renewed you the best i'm going to achieve is you're going to be annoyed that you paid too much because i could have saved you some money so you have a you have a sequence and a process you also have a qualification process that sits sits through what you do which is which is helping you to know the right time and the right and the right moment and there's a sequence of of calls and graham from from your perspective i know you've you've seen some research haven't you around number of times for example that that somebody yeah. typically needs to be engaged with over the telephone before they're ready to make to go ahead on a a kind of an average yeah it's a, it's about the sixth call something like that by the time somebody feels that they have got some kind of good relationship with someone most salespeople give up in fact most give up after the first call um and that that's what happens with this you know the the negative telemarketing kind of concept the way they're working is 
as you know Anthony described, a bank of people all phoning, um, getting no answer, or and then moving on to the next person on their database of four hundred million people. Um, and when they've gone through that database, you know, if a tiny, tiny fragment have have responded, so it's a numbers game, and it's a kind of throw everything at the fan, and some of it will stick approach. Yeah. Uh, whereas. Um, Anthony hasn't got a fan. I'm sure he's got plenty of fans, but <laughs> he's not throwing anything at a fan with his approach. Um, he is building relationships and getting rid of people who don't enter into that psychological contract with him. So the, there's two important bits of psychology there that um, Anthony was talking about. And, and one was the, the, the sense of ownership the person has in what, um, it's been a, so a bit like you know the test drive concept. Mm. They get the book, they read the book, they already feel part of the system because they've got the book and they've read the book. So it's much more difficult to reject it now because they feel part. That's why you know car salespeople will take you on a test drive. That's why um, you know people who've got um, have properties uh, will let you view the property. You know, so that's. Um, that's a, a, a kind of test drive for those kind of things. And also the other bit about the, the psychological contract that you've got is that um, you're charging them, but not charging them. So what's happening then is that they are getting a sense of value in what you're doing. Yeah. So that rather than them seeing it as a free go at something, yeah, and I think that that's a mistake that car salespeople make. They should be charging for their test drives because then the, the, you're getting a sense of value of something. You know, if this you know, Mercedes costs £200 an hour to run, we'll charge you, you know, £100 for the test drive. We will take that off when you buy the car. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we've already got a sense of what the value is in the, in in whatever it is we do. So that kind of giving people that value, but you're effectively giving them a 100% discount in the future. Yeah. But they've, they've bought into the fact that they like the product, the service, yeah. because they're testing it. And they've also got a psychological sense of the value. That's really important. Whereas those negative kind of telesales things, there's no sense of value yeah. um, in what they're providing. So we all dismiss them. Um, so and there's no ownership of the service because we're not participating yeah. in it in any way. So that's why they have to go to millions of people in order to just get one or two to buy. And that's why they give up after the first call, because they they haven't got time to waste on going back to people who've got no sense of ownership. So your your approach gives people a sense of ownership, a sense of value. They will therefore accept more calls from you. Yep. And then you will get to the fifth, sixth, seventh call, and that's when they're very likely to to buy. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as well the the psychology as well is, you know, frequency of contact tends to improve people's liking, familiarity, and comfort with each other. But you're building in a number of contact points, right, to start to build the relationship yeah. over, and we know that from frequency frequency of interaction providing the first interaction has been positive tends to tends to add rather yeah. than rather than subtract and it's really interesting versus kind of the old school way you know you must get on the phone hit the phone make your numbers be persistent every every no is just a step forward and you're persistent persistent anthony's persistent but he's intelligently persistent he follows up rather than it's, pol it's polite persistent but patient 
Yeah, yeah, right. and, and there's not that machismo, I'm a yeah. warrior if I've had 45 no's and I've pushed yes. through, so, I've pushed through to the no, right? That, yeah. that, I think what Graham was saying earlier on about the the list, I I play on the telephone assassin stuff. I refer to it as sniper selling. But to many people, I say, have a wish list, not a database. Because if you have a wish list, 20 dream clients, you will be very careful to cultivate relationships with them. You will not be like a bull in a china shop and rush in and, and risk getting a no and having to wait quite a while before you can go back again. Yeah, I was explaining something very similar to students yesterday. We're talking about their careers. And I was saying, you know, have you decided which company you want to work for? And they go, no, I just want a, you know, graduate trainee job. And I go, well, there's millions of those places available. Who do you want to work for? Because if you've decided that you want to work for Google or Amazon or, mm-hmm. you know, EY or whoever it is you want to work for, you will start to build, look at you know them on linkedin you'll start to build relationships with them you'll start to find out when they're doing their you know graduate days all those kind of things but if you haven't made a decision as to who your customer is as it were for you you're just going to be one of the students who goes well you know nobody wants to take me well you haven't decided who should be taking you you haven't decided who your customer is effectively yeah Uh, and so i think it's really important that you you know you're deciding you know the people who just are not interested in that first call then you're not going to build a relationship with them so don't worry about it just yeah as you say take the sniper approach yeah or um i talk i I sort of alluded to that permission to speak thing which i'm not going to sort of go into too much today but it's all about getting permission to speak at the beginning of a call i do that is by assuming i phoned at a bad time so whenever whoever answers it would be oh good afternoon graham Uh, my name's anthony steers i was just hoping to chat for a couple of minutes but i'm guessing i probably caught you at a bad time is there a better time to call you back it's just a very polite way to start the call. Um, if you are very busy at, or having a bad day, you're going to go, yeah, call me tomorrow. Yeah, I'm bit, call me at four o'clock, call me on Friday, and you'll you'll get out of it very easily, right? I'm not going to bulldoze into a bad day and try and make it worse. Mm. What you tend to find is you make by making it so easy for them to get out of the call, they think one of two things, which is you you either can't you can't possibly be in sales because you've made it too easy for me to get out of this, or if you are you are rubbish at it and not to be feared. And either way, it's quite a disarming thing. Most people tend to go, well, look, yeah, I am a busy person, but it is only two minutes. There's never really a good time to catch me. And I don't know if you noticed, but I said my full name, but I never mentioned my company afterwards. So they don't know if this is an inquiry. I could be a supplier or they don't know. Most people tend to go, go on, I've got two minutes now. What's it about? Unless they're really in the middle of something. And if they were that busy, they wouldn't have answered. Quite. it's not really that bad a time. I know you're very polite and say it must be a bad time, but it's not really that bad because they've answered. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that they've answered tells you that they're able to answer their telephone. Right. Um, So the thing with that whole numbers game bit is the the numbers game bit is usually uh, combined with each knows one step closer to your next yes, and here's a script. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The problem I have, I have two main problems with scripts. Right. My first one is we don't tend to well, salespeople don't learn them like an actor would. So you can tell when they're being read. Yes. Yeah. And and I think we all know how we feel when we know we're being read to. I think about seven or eight is no nine is the age where we get the limit of being wanting to be read to. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. I will just look at my screen here to see <laughs> well, we find out whether or not um, you would know I'm reading this. Yeah. 
Well, the two issues are, is one, you can tell if they are reading. And the main real problem with a script is the person that you're phoning hasn't been sent their copy. No. They're probably going to say something that isn't on your script. And if you stick to your script, you're going to distort the flow of the conversation, which tells them something's wrong. You mean you've got a script, but they're improv artists. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that's why <laughs> and that's why usually giving people a structure and you talked about the process earlier yeah. is so much easier to give somebody a cool structure than a set script. I appreciate there are certain industries where in financial services, certain things have to be said word for word. Yeah, but most, of course. most of those companies have now actually gone for, I'm going to pass you on to a pre-recorded version of this because I don't want to waste two minutes of the employee's time repeating this to you. Um, so, yeah, I just think... Sales will always be a numbers game, but personally, I think it is less about convincing people to buy and overcoming objections and more about capitalizing on the conversations people are ready to have. Yeah, right. Which is which brings me to my point. You don't need to do any of this on the telephone. You can yeah. have a conversation with them on social media and via email. So why are we wasting our time phoning people when we can just get them engaged with all the wonders of the Internet? Uh, well, so your closest relationships you have in your world, um, uh, is much of your interactions with them digital? What, with my... With your wife? With my wife. You know uh, each other quite a lot? Yeah, we have a WhatsApp text. group. You have WhatsApp groups. <laughs> uh, no, you, you are absolutely right. I suppose you, you can send a, a million emails with a few clicks. You can only technically make one conversation at a time. Um the issue that you find is, in fact, I believe it was you who gave me this statistic many years ago, is people trust e-commerce websites that display a phone number at the top. Absolutely. Why, yep. is, why is that, Graham? Because they want to speak to a person. <laughs> well, perhaps they don't want to speak to a person, but they want the comfort of knowing if something goes wrong, yeah. they're a human being who might There's be a real person. I mean, I go, Anthony, I know, I know you're not because we you know we've spoken about this you're not against social selling you're not against social media what you are is a very strong advocate for let's make maximum use of the telephone right now let's as a as a pragmatic positive sales professional yeah let's try all of the different methodologies you know and definitely the telephone is one of those that could be slightly out of favor as well with some sellers and some organizations yeah. So yeah. you could be in a slightly less crowded field, right? And give you, know? you an edge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and because we said, you know, has it been killed off by the internet and social media? Yes, perhaps it has to a degree. But yeah. that might be interesting because that might be an opportunity, right? Because if yeah. other people are, you say hiding behind email, right? There's a difference between social selling and hiding behind LinkedIn or Sales Navigator Absolutely. or anything, right? And and so properly done social selling can be very, very effective. Hugely, hugely effective. And actually, I think you're right. I think it's actually, there's really, they refer to it as the marketing mix. There's, there's a blend yeah of different ways of delivering and communicating with people. And there are certain times when forwarding information and product details and video explainers digitally is, is the easiest and quickest way of doing it. Um, but there are times where a human being, um, you will trust a human being more than a computer, I think, if you've built a relationship with them. Um, and although 
a lot of us want time back, which is why certain services are automated. And we like the fact that they're very click. It's a few clicks and we don't even have to interact with the person like self-service at the um, at the supermarket. If you've only got a handful of items, you want to be quick. You don't mind doing that. You know, the red light might go off and you might have to wait for somebody. Right. But you'll take that gamble because it's a small risk. Right. Uh, whereas if you've got a massive shop and you've got lots of bottles or things with security tags on them that are going to need to be taken off you're likely then more to go where a human's going to be able to help you to do that um i think that a lot of the time when people are in the indecision point a conversation with a human being is far more likely to get them to take action or to change their mind or influence them than sending them more information Uh, but cold calling a hundred people to try and find a, a, to try and build your first database is probably a bit of a waste of time. If you could do a bit of social selling, get some interaction and engagement online, at least you now know who's interested in what you do yeah. and then we'll try and reach out to those people. Because yeah. so then think- you don't have to do the data cleanse bit first. You kind yeah. of digitally filter it down. I so it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's an intelligent approach, isn't it, right? And then and I think definitely, you know, you're, you're a strong ambassador and advocate, as we would expect for, for telephone selling, because that's your absolute specialization. And I think just I'm hoping this episode will have just given a few people some food for thought about how they might also embrace this as one of the things they do. It doesn't have to be the only thing you do. That's absolutely not what we're suggesting. But and you know, there could be a great opportunity. Yeah. People realize that there's actually an opportunity by using the internet and social media to arm you much better for a conversation where you can build rapport and you can flatter yeah. people. You can show that you've noticed specific details, not just having their name and their number. But we talked about it if you've got a dream client, finding out what they're interested in and sending them a, a book on that on their hobby is mm. probably likely to show that you've actually read into their profile you've not just seen a job title and a number and decided to reach out to them yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think when people think about cultivating relationships rather than making sales it's a much better way and i loved your phrase at the beginning graham when you talked about students thinking about their employers as customers yeah well they are (laughs) (laughs) and in fact the world of human uh, resources hr actually talks about members of staff as they need to be customer centric. So the the whole world of human resources now is talking about being customer centric. So they see their staff as their customers. Yeah. So once you start thinking in that way, then yeah. actually you can be much more productive in in achieving what you need or want to achieve. And I, and I suppose the risk I always push back with some. Um, small business owners that I deal with who who turn around and go, oh, it's all word of mouth and, and what have you. I go, yeah, that's all very good. But have you ever had any clients that are a real pain in the backside that aren't really worth the money? And I went, did they find you or did you find them? And it always turns out that they found you. <laughs> yeah. Um, rather than you going out to find that client. So yeah. Yeah, sometimes by a bit of planning can help you avoid. Yeah. Well, word of word of mouth is another method for finding customers, but it's not something you have a whole lot of control over, is it, right? So, so no, so no, it's not, but I have a golden rule that whenever you talk to an existing client, you should have a post-it note on the top of your screen that says thank you equals ask. And whenever you hear the words thank you at the end of a conversation with an existing client, you should gracefully accept it and then ask for something else in return. Um, use it as a, it's a verbal cue of gratitude. So the first thing I would always ask for is go, oh, you're very welcome, Simon. It's all part of the service. But seeing as you seem so happy, I don't suppose you'd mind sharing a couple of lines of what I've been like to work with. 
right? At least that way I can do a new case study. That's free content yeah. to push out there. The second thing I would ask for if you've given me feedback is you're very well, I'd go, oh, you're very welcome, Simon. It's all part of the service. But seeing as I've trained one of your teams, could we look at some of the other teams? Basically, is there more scope inside yeah. for that for the opportunity and then the third and final thing once i've got lovely feedback and squeezed every bit of work out of you is um could you think of just one person who might be interested in what we do and getting referrals out of people so professor robert cialdini would love you yeah. uh, because you are following one of his rules of influence called reciprocity reciprocity yeah so, so that when when they've said you know, thank you. They have delivered something to you unprompted. Yep. They feel uh, that they ought to provide you with something. So you, at that point, you ask them for the something they want. Inevitably, they will provide it because they feel duty bound to provide something well, to they've you. They've given you a verbal cue of gratitude. Now they have Quite. to. Quite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just following the rule of reciprocity. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as I say, I get people, I get them to do my PTS on the left-hand side of their screen and TFR on the right, because that's my permission to speak and taking final responsibility. But the thank you equals ask sits right on prime at the top of your screen. And every time you hear it, if you ask, you'll find yep. you'll get more more business than you realise. You will, yeah. Well, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for sharing your passion, enthusiasm as an ambassador for, for telephone selling so folks we hope you found that useful i'm sure you must have done uh there's such really uh, such fantastic advice and thoughts and ideas in there for you to kind of if you're not on the telephone think about getting on there and using it maybe using it a little bit more than you were doing certainly and if you are a lot i'm sure you'll have got some real tips from the the telephone master there himself on on some of the language and, and approach that anthony has will bring a lot of value to you so in addition to this episode there's there's 250 or so uh additional episodes we've recorded they're in the back archive the back catalog of the sales chat show available from all of the major podcast platforms just search for sales chat show or if you want to go to our website saleschatshow.com you'll find them all there in the meantime we would just like to wish you good luck and good telephone selling folks You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. Good selling.